Okay, one of the things that I've particularly been, um, I suppose, looking for amongst us over time, is just in these first few years of our being together as a family of churches, is, is not so much um, about the programs, because there's always, you know, always programs, but it's more to do with the culture and the values and, and an overall sense of what is the unique thing about us that God wants to particularly... We're not unique. What are the sort of distinctive things about us that God seems to want to highlight? And um, I'm reminded of my my Auntie Jean's Black Forest Ghetto Trifle, <laughs> which tasted as good as it sounded just then. And what she used to do was pour a lot of sherry in it and leave it overnight. Um, and actually leaving it overnight meant that wherever the old spoon went in and whatever you got in your dish, uh, you'd always taste the sherry because there was a sort of like a soaking or marinating in things that ingredients that she felt were, you know, what made it what it was. Unfortunately, she's gone to glory now and the recipe's gone with her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not able to be recreated in quite the same way. Um, and the point of that story, what is the point of that story? The point of that story, there is a point, or there was when I started. The, the point of that story is um, there are certain flavours that I feel the Lord wants us to soak in that in the end, whatever the programmes and the activities that we end up doing and wherever we plant churches and whatever nations we touch and whatever things we do, my longing would be that wherever anyone sticks the spoon in, <laughs> you can taste the sherry. Um, and I've come up with this sort of very simple little equation that I'd, I'd like us to try and take to heart a little bit and, um, and carry with us. And I'll explain what it means. And it's uh, E plus E equals C. And um, you might have noticed me tw- tweeting about this and all the rest of it. Now, what it means is basically this. I feel that the first E is, is enough, which is large-scale corporate prayer. And the Lord does seem to be giving us grace in this. And we've got our next one on is it Friday the 3rd of November, I think. Is that right? 4th, I beg your pardon, Friday the 4th of November. And um, I think we're really beginning to get some momentum in this. I'm encouraged reading about Jonathan Edwards when they started. He said... We're going to do this for seven years. And that was the commitment he made at the beginning. And he said, even if things get worse when we start praying, we're going to keep doing it. And I kind of feel there's something uh, about the sort of, you know, feel the muscles (laughs) thing that the Lord wants, really wants us to become um, part of our flavor is that we become really skilled and flavorsome at large-scale corporate prayer. That's not a passing fad. I believe if that's one of the things the Lord really wants to put in amongst us. So if people say, oh, yeah, relational mission, oh, yeah, you're the lot that pray a lot, that would be a good spoonful of sherry. Yeah? Uh, that, would, that, that tastes nice. That's good. So that's the first E. The next E is everyone a witness, which is... Really, my 
conviction that large-scale corporate prayer and large-scale personal evangelism are two areas that even with the last 30 years of wonderful stuff we've had within New Frontiers, those were not the battles or the emphasis that often were placed in local church life because there was lots of other things to sort out, like what should church be like, you know, recovering biblical foundations. But I think the day is now coming where everyone a witness needs to become sherry in the trifle. And I want to lead by example in that. So when we talk about everyone a witness, we talk about words, works and wonders, that all of us are involved in that. So I'm, I'm trying more and more to say, Lord, I want to have more and more stories um, because I, I don't want evangelism to be a department. That would be an absolute disaster. It is not a department just for the evangelists to be wheeled in, do their thing, and then, all right, thank you for that, now we'll get on with church. That is exactly what's been wrong. The reason we're doing what we're doing is that people come to know Jesus. Is that not the reason? I mean, there's no, there is no other point to what we're doing. So there's a culture that has to be... We need to soak in the culture of words, works and wonders, which means we will think about things differently, we will talk about things differently, we will celebrate things differently. So in these meetings, we're going to have some stories in a minute, I would like to get to the point where whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's in your elders meeting, whether it's in your youth meeting, whether it's at prayer and equipping, wherever we meet, we regularly say, okay, what stories have been happening this week to do with everyone a witness? I mean, that's a culture. It's not a program. Now, both of those things, I think, are five-year journeys. They're they're five-year journeys. You can't... Things don't change. You've got to train yourself to think differently, speak differently, behave differently. So, um, two weeks ago, I was just talking to one of my neighbours over the garden wall, and uh, he was in a bit of pain or whatever, and um, I said, oh, what's up with you? And he was telling me some... He's just waiting for some hospital treatment, what have you. And uh, I thought, well, why not? So I said, well, how would you like? How would you feel if I prayed for you? He said, oh, I'd love that. So I thought, oh, this is good. So there, over the garden wall, front garden, everyone walking past, I laid my hands on him and prayed in Jesus' name that the Lord would heal him. Um, and we then carried on talking about I don't know, other stuff. It's fairly normal. I saw him a couple of days after and asked, you know, how he was. And he, to be honest, he said, well, not really much better. But the point was, it didn't strain our relationship. It just actually was a normal, he appreciated the fact I'd done it. And he said to me, I pray for you every night. And it was like some, something connected simply because I'd done that. Now, there's, there's numbers of other stories I could tell you, some of which... <laughs> Don't always, I'm, quite, I'm not quite so bold. I was actually in a jacuzzi <laughs> talk, talking to this guy who was about to go to live in Spain the next day. And um, we had this conversation, oh, what do you do for a living sort of thing? So I've found, one of the things I've found is one of the best ways to open up conversations about Jesus now is to talk about working with the poor. Because culturally, that's acceptable. If you say you go to church, people usually put the door up straight away. 
If, and what, but what I say is, well, one of the things I do, I'm a pastor of a local church, but one of the things I do is I'm involved in a lot of empowerment projects in the developing world. And immediate, I've never yet had one person shut that conversation down. Not, and they want to know. They want to know. Because somehow people are looking for our actions to speak louder than our words. So I've found just for me something that gives me confidence sharing the gospel is I, I, I use the, I use the um, working with the poor key and I find that in a Western world that really, really opens up. It takes barriers down. Whereas if I say, I go to church, have you thought about doing alpha? Boom. That's, usually that's boom. No. But anyway, that's just a thought. The point I'm telling you this is I am trying to change my own culture. So I would love it if we go on that journey together. And we just have more and more stories. And, and we will get things wrong. There's times I was talking to this guy in the jacuzzi. And do you know what? I just bottled it. I thought, I can't share my faith with you in a jacuzzi. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do this. So, you know, uh, I missed that one. So that's the second E. Everyone a witness. And we'll come back to that in a minute and just have some more information. And then equals C. The, third, the, the C, the result of... Every, the result of E plus E, enough and everyone witnessed. The equals, the product, is church planting. The point being that if we pray fervently, strongly, corporately for God to move, the kingdom will extend. It will. It will. doesn't matter how many maps or strategies you've got. If you don't pray, nothing will happen. Forget it. Waste of time. If we pray, stuff will happen that we didn't even anticipate. If we share our faith more and more people will come to know Jesus. If more and more people come to know Jesus, well, we need more and more churches to be planted for them to go to. So it is the product of evangelism. Church planting is the natural product of evangelistic fruitfulness. Now, you might think, well, yeah, there's nothing particularly radical in what you're saying. There isn't anything particularly radical about it. It's actually in the Bible. It's just I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to put first things first. And as I read scripture, the things that the early apostles and disciples put their energies into were prayer and the word and sharing the faith. And as a result of that, sharing the faith wherever they went, churches were planted. So it's not that we're not doing anything we should, shouldn't be doing or anything like that, or if that sounded right. It's more that we've got to highlight some things or put a magnifying glass over certain things that perhaps have been a little bit small. They've been there, but the Lord wants to magnify corporate prayer. He wants to magnify personal evangelism, and therefore he wants to magnify church planting. So that's kind of... I think that's what we are, or what I'd like us to be. And I don't think I'm going to have another idea in 12 months. Seriously, I, I, that's, as, that's the best I can give you. <laughs> because I honestly think that is as simple and yet as profound as it is. Can I have an amen? Because I, you know, yes, you can. This is really weird, but um, I was, I've was been driving somewhere in the last 24 hours and... I saw like a, a gate, literally, I saw with my eyes, I saw a gate, there was like um, uh, a sign onto this, 
house, and it, it was like it was E E C, and I noticed it because I thought that is the weirdest name for some someone to put on the outside of their house, and it was a, the sign was really jazzy and colourful, and I just noticed it and then thought nothing more of it. And as Mike was sharing, I just suddenly it just came back to me. I thought it's like maybe the Lord is wanting to say to us, "Here's the name on the house. Here you are." That's great. Really good. Thanks, John. Yeah. So I I think it's about sort of letting letting the sherry marinate in the, you know, the trifle and and, and celebrating or putting the flavours in that we want to taste. I just want to see thousands of people come to know Jesus. I mean, I'm really not interested in any single thing else, really. I'm really not. Now, all the other stuff comes with it. You know, you plant churches, you look after people, you, you know, you give sheep good pasture, but we need sheep first. What's the point in having good pasture if there's no sheep? Sheep. Say sheep. 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 We need... <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I feel there's something God's gripping us about. And um, and church planting, uh, that, that's that's not a department either. We, we should all be involved in... The burden for church planting, we're going to be praying about that in a little while. 